Rio Rancho Radio 92.9. We are brought to you this morning by United Plumbing and Heating, TJ's Evergreen Herbal Market, and Pam Harris's Pequail Realty, all in Rio Rancho, where it is time to find out what is going on in the City of Vision with our Mayor, Greg Hull. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Derek, and good morning, everybody. Thanks for uh, tuning in on this Sunday morning. Today, we've got a special presentation today. It's uh, time for that annual State of the City, but I want to remind everybody this is probably going to be one of those little bit longer shows because we've got the State of the City, and I'm going to give a 10-year update, but I want to remind everybody everybody, please head on out to the podcast, Greg Hull, Mayor of Rio Rancho Podcast. It's on Spotify. It's a free listen. And if you if you would, I'd ask you to please share it out on your social media because there's going to be a lot of good information in this particular one. Now, we're going to play the audio for the State of the City that was just released to the City Council this past Thursday. And You uh, should watch the video. You really need to watch they the video. They did a really nice job of putting that together. Shots from drones of building sites and things. It's really cool to see. Because there's all places, if you live here, you, you're familiar with, and right. then you get to see what's actually going on. Exactly. So go out to the city's website, click on the government link, and then where it says mayor, the state of the city, click on the mayor's page, and the, it says state of the city right there in the sidebar. Just click on that, and you get the latest state of the city address right there. And so the video is up. I guess we're going to go ahead and pause right now. We'll play that audio, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Hello, I'm Greg Hull, mayor of Rio Rancho. It is my privilege to give the annual State of the City report to the City Council and the citizens of Rio Rancho. It's an exciting time to be a Rio Rancho community member, and that doesn't go unnoticed. Rio Rancho has been recognized by livability.com as one of the 100 best places to live in the U.S. and the 10th best in the Southwest. That recognition is due in part to many new community-enriching amenities with many more in the planning stages. We're excited about this new dual-purpose facility, the hub at Enchanted Hills, designed to enhance community lifestyle and quality of life. This facility includes two indoor sports courts, which allow for year-round recreation, and also the city's third library, which features a variety of resources and programming for all ages, as well as a meeting space. We're also seeing a number of large investments that will greatly enhance our community. One example is the block, here at Plaza Enchanted Hills. This indoor-outdoor retail and event space, fashioned from repurposed shipping containers, will feature an eclectic mix of shops, eateries, and entertainment. Other examples of investment include single-family home construction, which continues to remain robust, the expansion of existing businesses, and the addition of new businesses, which are bringing many desirable products and services to our community. Funding to address major roadways and neighborhood streets will continue to be a priority. Over the past several years, 36 major road projects have been completed and more than 110 miles of neighborhood streets have been improved. In the coming year, 26 miles of neighborhood streets will be improved. And major projects on Enchanted Hills Boulevard, Quantum Road, Laser Road, Vortex Road, and Northern Boulevard will all get underway. High levels of public safety are enjoyed throughout Rio Rancho thanks to prioritization based on demand and need. This fire station located in the Mariposa subdivision has been remodeled and reopened with new vehicles, new equipment, and new positions. The same is true for the police department. New positions, equipment, and vehicles have all been added to help keep pace with our growing community. Providing quality of life and community engagement through a wide variety of family-friendly events, 
continues to be a focus. Campus Park has become the prime venue for a majority of these community events, with Phase 2 planned for the coming year. Phase 2 will bring a number of new amenities to Campus Park, including multi-purpose spaces, trails, shade structures, dedicated vendor space, and sidewalks. I'm also proud to announce that Phase 2 of the Broadmoor Senior Center will be getting underway in 2024. This new phase will add a multi-purpose room, storage, parking, and outdoor recreational space. Maintaining and upgrading city facilities for community enjoyment and benefit continues to be a priority. For example, the roof here at Loma Colorado Library was recently replaced. Other improvements include a much needed roof replacement for the Aquatic Center and a street light LED conversion project with phase one currently underway. More than 1,200 street lights will be replaced, creating significant energy efficiencies and cost savings over time. Looking to the future, I'm confident that recent efforts will have a significant and positive impact on our community over the long term. Plus, adopting a new five-year strategic plan for city operations, together with undertaking facilities master planning, will help sustain Rio Rancho as a highly desirable place to live and work. I look forward to working with the city council, city staff, and the citizens of Rio Rancho for a better community and a better life for all. Thank you and God bless. All right, Mayor, nice job on the explanation in the video. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, little known fact, but that marks the 10th state of the city that I've given since I took office. So what I wanted to do today, Derek, is just talk a little bit about the progress over the last 10 years. I mean, we get to hit a lot of stuff. And Derek, you've been with me for just about the whole time, the whole 10 years. So we've got like Close, nine yeah. years of shows. Yeah. <laughs> now they're not all on the podcast. I think the last two or three years is just up on the podcast at right. this point in time. Uh, I have them. Yeah, but you have them. That's <laughs> right. So we might put an oldie, but a goodie up when we go back and listen to some of the the issues that we were dealing with back in 2015 when we started the show. Yeah, and we do that sometimes too when you have to be out of town, can't be here, we'll put on a, a show from several years back. And I point out to people to listen to what the mayor's saying here seven years ago and how much of what you said you wanted to do has happened. Oh yeah, it's incredible because we've been focused, we've been laser focused on what we wanted to get accomplished and obviously listening to the public, every two or three years we do these citizen surveys where mm -hmm. we get a lot of data, a lot of information and so what I'm going to do today is we're just going to kind of cover stuff but the 2023 State of the City update that you just listened to does mark the 10th time updating the City Council and community members of of the state of the city and because this is the 10th report i wanted to take a few moments to just reflect on how far the city has come during the past decade i gave my first city update five months after taking office in april of 2014 so i really had to hit the ground running and look there was a lot to talk about in that first update because clearly if you go back and, and you listen to that first update there was a lot to work on derek there was a lot to be done a lot to get accomplished and i got to tell you, there was a lot of dysfunctionality at that particular time. The video was an update as to where the city was, but you have to kind of look behind the scenes on that is that there was a lot to deal with yeah. and a lot that needed to be accomplished. And you remember when I ran for office the first time, I ran on the fact that I was going to be Rio Rancho's first full-time leader. Okay. First full-time mayor. They had just changed that from a part-time mayor. That was the city council did that. Correct. Right. And then well, the voters too. You're the voters. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so um, city got, I like to say it grew up to the point where it now needs 
needed a full-time Absolutely. And we needed full-time attention on what was going on in the city. And so as a result of that dysfunctionality, staff morale was low and developing and executing plans to address road and public safety needs were few or non-existent. In addition, the city was still filling the impacts of really the Great Recession. We were just coming out of that and, you know. crash in 2008. Exactly. All these houses in Rio Rancho were in default and people losing their homes. I remember that. Yeah, there was was foreclosures and I'm going to touch on that in this kind of this 10 year update. But yeah, there were foreclosures all over the city. Probably in the two Rio Rancho zip codes, it was one of the highest foreclosure rates in the state of New Mexico. And so there was a lot of vacancies out there and driving around the city. I just remember going from neighborhood to neighborhood. There was just one vacant house after another. Look how far we've come now because now we've got some of the highest property values in the area. For the first time ever, the median home value in Rio Rancho exceeded that of Albuquerque's. I remember when I first moved up here, I moved up to Rio Rancho because I couldn't afford to live in Albuquerque. So, I mean, it's it's kind of flipped now. I have to kind of blame you for the high prices of houses here because you've made it such a nice place. Everybody wants to be here, which drives up the price of real estate. It really does. It really does. And some of the people that held on to their properties and stayed put, they're realizing that the values are now higher than before when the Great Recession hit because that was kind of a high point in 2006, 2007. Homes were selling at a really nice price at that time. And then, of course, in 2008, the market collapsed. And there was just a lot of craziness at that point in time. People were taking a bath on some of their homes. They were upside down. You remember the uh, subprime mortgage industry was doing these 80-20 loans at 120% of value of the houses. People took a bath and it was a hard time. And I just remind people that it was a long walk back from that. So when I took office in 2014, we had a lot to deal with. And in the key areas of public safety, infrastructure such as roads and water and sewer services, quality of life, operations such as personnel and finance and economic development, great strides have been made that I really think that need to be highlighted this where we were and where we came to. So in the area of public safety, you know that this has been a big deal for me. We've increased the public safety budget year over year, every year since I've been in office. And we have gone from zero staff growth, which is what we were at when I took office, to growing the police and fire and rescue departments personnel by more than 20%. It's a big number. Yeah. So from zero to 20% growth, the voters were presented in 2018 with the opportunity to approve a public safety bond for regular vehicle and equipment replacement and facility improvements. And that was overwhelmingly approved. And through voter support in 2018, 2020, and 2022, more than $11 million has been invested into our public safety departments. Rio Rancho now has some of the best equipped departments in the state and has not experienced the staffing shortages experienced elsewhere. We've been able to maintain our staffing. Yeah, and this is part of why we're the safest city our size in not just New Mexico, I guess, but the country. Right, absolutely. One of the safest cities. And and prior to this, the city was not keeping up with and sporadically used loans to replace high mileage vehicles. I remind you that when I took office, less than 10% of our police cars had less than 100,000 miles on them. Didn't you say that some of the fire engines were older than the fire people, the firemen that were (laughs) driving them? So the fire trucks were older. The oldest fire trucks were older than our youngest firefighters. So, I mean, something wrong with that. Yeah, there was. There was. But through hard work and through 
just really tackling this problem. Rio Rancho had its insurance services office or its ISO rating lowered from a four to a two. This rating places the city in the top 4% of fire departments across the country, and the ISO analyzes a fire department's ability to respond to and mitigate structure fires. So you know, that ISO rating is very important because if you get the city to go from a four to a two, not only does that put us in the highest percentile of fire departments in the country, it also helps you kind of manage your homeowner's insurance. So insurance companies look at those different rates and they base the rates that they charge throughout the city. So by investing in our fire department, while the voters did agree to invest in that, they saw some savings on that insurance side. Well, I think you made the point on this show that uh, if we didn't vote for the bond, how bad would it be if your house is on fire, you need an ambulance, and it broke down on the way to help you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And on top of that, Rio Rancho continues to have low crime and be the safest community in New Mexico with a population above 10,000 people. So we're really working very hard to make sure that we're hitting those key points that people are looking for. But we're doing very well. I was reading a report online the other day. And look, there's a couple different reports out there. But I did read one report where Rio Rancho's crime rate is 16 percent below the national average. That's pretty strong because when you look at the communities that are well above the national average, that's where you don't want to be. Right. So we're still well below the national average and I've got to give kudos to our police and fire department and and, and our citizens really absolutely yeah. and the citizens too because the citizens have supported the public safety bond and we got that started once again in 2018 and because of that it's really helped that morale issue in the in the police and yeah. fire departments well also because obviously the citizens aren't committing crimes here as much as other places right, right. <laughs> for absolutely. whatever reason that's happening so it keeps the percentage low absolutely that's on the public safety side and i could go on all day i mean there's not enough time on the show to talk about all the things that we've done in the area of public safety you know in the video you see the new mobile crime yeah. station there so that's a mobile command center so that when we do have a critical incident we can roll that mobile command center out to the scene and really manage the situation a lot better the one we had today was really a broken down winnebago i used to joke around and call it heisenberg yeah so you <laughs> that's know what it, yeah yeah it looked it really looked like that yeah. it's like wow that's our mobile crime lab and they're like do you have to park it on a hill so maybe you can roll start that thing. I mean, it was, you know, it was bad. But now our police officers, what we've done is through the public safety bond, we have given our police and fire departments, our first responders and our communications. I never want to forget them. We've given them the equipment they need to respond to our emergencies because they're going to show up when we're having our worst day. And, you know, they need to make sure that they have the equipment to meet our demands when it comes to something like that. So it's really important. Then going into the next topic, infrastructure such as roads and water and sewer services. These were critical things. The number one priority I heard about when coming into office was roads and the lack of maintenance. It was concerning to me how little in funding was available and actually being applied to road work. I mean, you could really say it was non-existent other than just doing the occasional pothole fix. And and I remind everybody in 2011, the voters in Rio Rancho 
either did vote down the road bond because they didn't feel like the money was being used appropriately. So when I came into office, I had to start to build the trust and convince the voters that we needed to get that road bond started again. But we got it started at a much lower level, okay, as opposed to the, I think, 18 to $20 million that it was. We came in and said, will you give us $10 million, right? And I think when it first started, it was $9 million is what we asked for. And because this, the value of the city has grown, the yield on that has gone up to about 10 or $11 million at this point that we were able to put two roads every two years. Now, Derek, this is still... It's scratching the surface of what needs to happen. $10 million every two years against a $1.5 billion problem. So we've got a long way to go. There's no doubt about it. Nobody's saying we're finished. But we are seeing things happen. Yeah. I had somebody say the other day, you know, um, we've got some of the worst roads in the state. And I said, well, but we also have some of the best roads in the state, right? Depends on where you go. Yeah. But the biggest, I think, example of the difference is Southern Boulevard. Yes. Because it was a complete rebuild. Yes. And that was a huge project. But look at Sarah, look at High Resort, look at Sunt, look at Rockaway, look at Unser. Oh, yeah, they look all need Look at King. Yeah. They are all brand new. Riverside, yeah. R- Riverside Drive. Going, that was like yeah. a railroad trestle. I drive over that every day and you go thump, the thump, the thump. You know, yeah, absolutely. So that's gone now. And now it's all brand new. Yeah. Not to mention Meadowlark Road down mm-hmm. to that goes down to Corrales. That's been redone as well. 19th Street, the completion of Westside from 520 over to Golf Course, which is in Albuquerque, but we had to work with Albuquerque to get that project done because it was not a huge priority for Albuquerque, but it was a huge priority for the city of Rio Rancho. I brought up Southern because I think that's kind of Rio Rancho's main street. That's where a lot of the businesses are. And it was also the medians and the light poles and everything was... Yeah. Every section of 528 from the city limits north to northern has been touched in the last eight years, whether it's been repaved, widened or what have you. Now, those are state projects. But understand, those are our monies. Those are our dollars because the state tax dollars. And we have to fight for those to get those projects done. And very proud of that. Then you've got the frontage road and then you've got Industrial Park Loop. As you get up into northern Rio Rancho, you've got McKenzie Road and you've got Santa Fe Hills that's been redone. Enchanted Hills Boulevard is under reconstruction right now. Camantrata was redone. Idalia from 528 down to Iris was redone. Lincoln Boulevard has been expanded from Paseo de Vulcan over to where it terminated over in front of the elementary school there. And now that goes all the way down into Pleasant Enchanted Hills at this point in time. I can go on and on all day on the road. Broadmoor has been redone and expanded. Yeah, and Broadmoor will start again real soon. We've seen roads like May Circle, been redone, uh, Grande Court's been redone, west side from golf course over to Unser, and then west side from Unser out to Los Diamantes. You think about all of those roads. And then, of course, Southern Boulevard from Unser out to Rainbow. Rainbow from Southern to Northern's been redone. We just awarded a contract in the governing body meeting this past week that is going to get northern from 528 out to Rockaway redone. Roads are being redone all through. And then, uh, as we mentioned also, in the Vista Hills area, Pyrite from Shining Stars all the way back around to northern is getting redone. And let me tell you, we've done this with just the road bond and we've done this with the cash that we've grown in the city. Because one of the things I'm going to point out is we've lived within our means in a very specific way. But when you think about infrastructure, 
These issues were compounded, like I said just a moment ago, by the fact that the voters rejected the 2011 road bond and a majority of the governing body members at that time didn't want to send that question back to the voters. And I remember in 2016, it was a divided council and I'm the one that said, let's send the question back to the voters. And I split the tie and sent that question back. And at that time, 63% of the voters said, yeah, let's get this thing going. And by listening to the citizens and prioritizing the resources and aggressively pursuing state and federal funding, tremendous strides have been made regarding roads. I mean, it's just all over. Since 2016, 36 major road projects have been completed and more than 110 miles of neighborhood streets have been improved. And these numbers will increase as several projects are wrapping up. Several projects are occurring right now, such as Enchanted Hills Boulevard, Spring Road reconstruction, and several more scheduled to start in the near future. So we've got a lot in the hopper here, Derek. We're not slowing down. We may not be on the road in front of your house yet, but we're coming. When? I don't know. I can't guarantee because we have to take this through a systematic process. We created and funded an annual crack patch and seal program for the residential streets. Did you know that on the residential crack patch and seal, we've touched almost 40% of the roads in Rio Rancho? Wow, no, I did not. Yeah, so we've made a lot of progress. And that's why I say, if we haven't gotten to your street yet, we're coming. Now, mind you, some of the streets we can't do crack patch on because there was never any base course put under there. So we have to do something completely different. So there are some streets that won't get crack patched in sealed, but those are the ones that are being identified for this hybrid mill and inlay. So actually, those are the ones we're going to target for repaving first. So, See, those, so you get an advantage there. Exactly. Your that exactly. Well, so that you're waiting sense. a little longer, but I'm hoping the benefit's going to be much bigger. Like St. Andrew's Drive was right. one of those. We could not do crack, patch, and seal on St. Andrew's. We couldn't do crack, patch, and seal on May Circle. And a lot of the roads in Unit 16 are not going to be able to be crack patched. But there has been a lot of crack patch in that area that if you drive around, you'll see where we have patched the road. And they're a lot smoother in those areas. And I remind everybody, is that when we first put it on the ballot in 2016, the voters approved it at 63% in 2018. Now, this is unheard of, Derek, because the first two roads we did was Sarah Road and then High Resort. We targeted those. They were very out there, very out in the open, so people could see the work that we were doing. We wanted to make sure that people would see where their money was going. In 2018, when we asked the voters to re-up that, that approval went from 63 to 78%. That was a 15% approval jump. Well, they saw that you did something. Correct. And in 2020, the voters approved it at 76%. And in 2022, the voters approved it at 76% again. So this has had strong, consistent support because people are seeing what we're getting done. Are we getting everything done all at once? No, there's no way to do that. You can't do that. That's an unrealistic expectation. But are we moving forward? Are we keeping things rolling along? Absolutely. So thanks to voter support in 2016, 2018, 2020, and 2022, more than $40 million has been invested into roads via the road improvement bond. And once again, some of the highlights of those are High Resort, Sarah, Unser, Rockaway. And along with that, and this is going to be in the next newsletter. You're going to love this, Derek, because I know you love crunching numbers. Okay. Statistics. Statistics. Along with that, the matching money we've been able to get from the federal and state governments and other government agencies along with this to make sure that we get the maximum amount. We've been able to match that 40 million with another 60 million. So actually just in the last 
eight years, $100 million has been invested, over $100 million has been invested in roads in the city of Rio Rancho. I'm gonna take a guess at this, but I'm thinking that that's more money in the last eight years than in the previous 20 years in the city's history. So when people say, why doesn't the mayor, or why did the city council go to the feds and get all this money that they have, you are. Exactly, exactly. You, you did. And so when they say stuff like that, I guess they're not listening to this show or looking at the website, because right. it's all there. It is all there. And so on roads, we've just done a huge amount there, and I can go on and on and on. If you want to see the whole list of roads, you can go out to my personal website, graycall.com, and click on roads, and there's a whole list of roads that are there that have been improved throughout the city. I don't have them all memorized. Well, I probably do if I sat here and t- thought about it for a minute, but you get what I'm saying. More than 5,000 water service lines have been replaced throughout the city, okay? So that, that's huge. And we have worked hard to maintain and improve the city's water system and services. That's just been a major focus for us. Rio Rancho became the first city, this is something that I worked on, the first city permitted in the state of New Mexico to replenish groundwater by putting clean, recycled water back into the aquifer through an aquifer injection system. And by doing so, we are extending the life of the aquifer and providing storage of water that can be used by future generations. And to date, I don't have the exact number, but well over 300 million gallons have been put back into the aquifer. Tell me that's not amazing progress. Yeah, especially when you live in the desert. 300 million gallons of water have been injected back into the aquifer. I don't know the exact number, but I know that it's more than that. Okay. And that's just a sustainable future for our kids, right? And our grandkids. And we did have to go through the replacement of the city's 50 year old water treatment facility plant. And that was completed. And we consolidated that system. That's the old wastewater treatment plant that was over behind Intel. When I used to be able to smell uh, over here. Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) We consolidated that over to wastewater six, which is the wastewater treatment facility on the south end of Cabazon. And by consolidating that, we basically implemented implemented new efficiencies to help make sure that our wastewater treatment facilities were more efficient and took basically less employees to operate because now we didn't have two facilities to run. And along with that, we installed a solar array to provide electricity to wastewater treatment plant two, which is the one down in industrial park. And over the long term, because of that uh, power purchase agreement, it's going to save the citizens of Rio Rancho over a million dollars in utility costs just to operate that plant. And we've talked about all this stuff on this show, but this is just kind of a 10-year wrap-up of some of the greatest hits, if you will. Yeah. And then when I took office, the federal government owed Rio Rancho approximately $6.2 million for the arsenic treatment facility project. And in 2019, through years of effort, we finished recovering all of this money. And by doing so, funds were reinvested back into our infrastructure for necessary improvements to ensure that we have a reliable water system. Okay, and that $6.2 million was a big hit to the city. And when I took office, we were so strapped for cash. They said, how can we not go after that money? We've got to go after that money, right? And so we went after that money and we've reinvested that back into our water treatment facility. Quality of life is another topic. A park above, the state's first inclusive park for people of all ages and abilities was opened. And you remember, I had to fight to get that park open. We literally went out and did fundraisers to raise money to help 
fund the final stages of that park. And I remember we had a lot of partners that stepped in, like the joiner stepped in and did the grading for the parking lot and the compaction for the parking lot. And another company sold us the asphalt at cost. And then another company, I can't remember which ones, but another company came in and put the asphalt down for free. We got on the asphalt and they put it down for free. Wow. So it was a huge community effort to pull that park together and get that park open. And for folks who don't know, that's a park for kids that uh, have special needs. If Absolutely. you're in a wheelchair, you can play on the on the equipment. Yeah, there's swings for you out there. Yeah. Absolutely. A substantial erosion control project has been completed to stabilize the Los Montoyas Arroyo running adjacent to the Rio Rancho Sports Complex in order to protect this particular quality of life facility. A little known fact, that big arroyo that runs right next to the Rio Rancho Sports Complex right there on High Resort. Mm-hmm. I know when you go down there, you really don't notice the arroyo is right there, yeah. but it was really cutting in and, and jeopardizing some of the baseball fields. And so we had to go in. You're talking about erosion. Yeah. Yes, the erosion from that arroyo, yes. And so we had to go in and armor the wall of that thing to keep it from cutting into the park space. If you just moved over there last year, you just see this concrete thing and think, oh, okay, that's the arroyo. That wasn't always like that. No. No, it really wasn't. And we opened a new senior center, the Broadmoor Senior Center, and that is the first expansion of senior services in Rio Rancho since 1985. Okay. Uh, I mean, look, we opened a Metal Arc Senior Center in 1985, and that's the last time we expanded on uh, senior services in the city of Rio Rancho. And that gets a lot of use. It really does. It really does. Campus Park. With the award-winning Skyroom and Amphitheater was constructed in City Center, this multi-purpose community outdoor gathering space has become an activity hub as intended and a destination and gathering space for people taking part in special events, concert performances, and more. And that was an amazing partnership with UNM Health Sciences that we had to work out. And once again, a really cool partnership that brought about a community space and We've had the New Mexico Philharmonic out there six times, Derek. Free concerts, free concerts. So um, the next time they're out there, you got to go. And new annual community events such as Fall Festival and Juneteenth were established. And existing events such as Winterfest have been reimagined. So we've got all those going on out there. Haynes Park, the city's oldest park, has had the basketball courts and tennis courts replaced and resurfaced. And thanks to voter support in 2022, a quality of life facilities bond was established that will be used to improve and maintain parks and libraries. So we've got all that going on. And by the way, on the quality of life side, I don't think I mentioned it, but it was in this particular report, but opening a new library and community center up in Enchanted Hills. So some fantastic, uh, uh, just fantastic expansions. And by the way, let me just tell you, Campus Park and Skyroom, Broadmoor Senior Center, and the new library up in Enchanted Hills, Because we saved our money and we managed our resources carefully, we were able to pay cash for those facilities, Derek. Well, with interest rates the way they are, you saved us a lot of money. I saved a ton of money. Exactly. So we didn't have to go put those buildings on a credit card and now they will serve the public without any debt service. 
on the economic development and community investment front. Thousands of new jobs and hundreds of millions of dollars in investment in the community was seen over the last 10 years. And it says hundreds of millions of investments here, but I'll remind you just a couple of years ago, Intel announced 3.5 billion. So this is hundreds of millions aside from the Intel investment, which has brought a renewed economy to the city of Rio Rancho through, I'm just seeing through all that money, you see the, what is it, eight cranes out there? <laughs> yeah, 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 they're going. I mean, I walked out of uh, Lillian Liam's the other morning and I said, well, there's a Rio Rancho Sunrise, eight cranes, <laughs> yes. eight cranes right there. A new shopping center was constructed at Plaza and Enchanted Hills. Uh, I'll remind everybody when I took office, that was not there. And that was an in- initial investment of $50 million. And now with all the other investments that have gone out there with Turtle Mountain Brewing, PetSmart has gone out there, Ross has gone out there since the initial building. And now the block is being constructed out there, that investment is now over $100 million by itself just right there in the city of Rio Rancho. And of course, that comes with jobs. We've seen significant growth in healthcare through the expansions of Presbyterian Rust Medical Center and the UNM Sandoval Regional Medical Center through the Orthopedic Center of Excellence. That's right. I did a ribbon cutting. We broadcast that uh, event live on the radio. Absolutely. New companies such as SafeLight, NTX Bio joined the community and were supported by the state and local government. Existing large companies, once again, as I mentioned, such as Intel and small businesses like Deluxe Design significantly expanded their operations and received state and local support. And I don't want to forget Edit House. They expanded. Little local company that started here, Edit House Productions. They mm-hmm. they did a, a nice expansion and have grown. Regarding housing, more than 6,200 new single-family homes were constructed and several senior housing communities were opened as well. Highlighting the new home construction in the master plan community, called Los Diamantes. This effort was supported by the Rio Rancho local government in terms of water and sewer infrastructure, placement of a new elementary school by the Rio Rancho Public School District, and drainage improvements being made by SCAFCA, which is the Southern Sandoval County Arroyo Flood Control Authority. And we created a new local economic development fund to help expand the city's business base and add jobs. And so when you think about the expansion of different things. And once again, economic development, we've just been talking about this recently, entrance of two new internet providers with over $200 million worth of investment in the community. We talked about this last week. So that's huge that that type of investment is being made in the community. And that's going to create a lot of local jobs as well as those systems expand into Rio Rancho. So, well, people will be installing them in people's homes and businesses and then they'll be maintaining the system. So correct. And it's additional infrastructure that we get to utilize going forward into the future, which is wonderful. So operations, city operations, personnel and finance, the city of Rio Rancho, local government, its policies and operations have changed significantly over the past 10 years years, and that's for the better. Okay. First and foremost, the city navigated the COVID-19 pandemic. We supported local businesses by administering a grant program to provide nearly $500,000 in aid to small businesses. We modified procedures in order to support the private sector through efforts such as virtual inspection programs and expedited processes. We weren't going to lay down for COVID. I remember going to Joe's Pasta House and you'd given them a permit 
to put up a tent in the parking lot and serve because they could move the tables six feet apart out there. Governor said we could do outdoor dining. We created outdoor yeah. dining. <laughs> so, but the permit process was right. speeded up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was fast. It was quick. And then we uh, began to conduct regular community surveys to obtain more input. And once again, median house values are up when you think about the quality of life in the community. And I don't know of very many foreclosures in the city any, anymore at this point. The city adopted a five-year strategic plan with goals and objectives to help advance the community. And because that strategic plan played out so well, we just recently adopted a new five-year strategic plan that really piggybacks on the one because when you got success and as they say if it ain't broke don't fix it right mm -hmm. um, and we have regularly adjusted wages to retain and attract new employees to be competitive in the market look the city needs good employees and we have the best employees i'm telling you we've got great employees that work for the city and so we had to get competitive and you and i talked about this whether it was in the police department the fire department public works water department you name it, if we need to get competitive to keep the quality employees that we have and make sure that we're growing really kind of a legacy of great employment here in the city. To get competitive, though, you have to have the money to do it. And right. the citizens are giving uh, you the money to do it. Well, the citizens, okay. Well, it's interesting because I'm about to hit on that. Have the citizens given us more money or have we responsibly grown our revenues to do this because well, our local government has lived within its means. Only one tax increase has been implemented in the last 10 years, which was one eighth of 1% increase in the gross receipts tax, which is basically Derek 13 cents on a hundred dollar transaction. And that's to account for the state changing course and reducing its payments to cities. So we had to do that because essentially the state was taking money away from us. The food tax, I remember. Yeah, that. it was Bill on the grocery tax, that. right. Yeah, called hold harmless. Right. So because of that shift, we had to do this one eighth increase. It wasn't something we wanted to do, but unfortunately we couldn't keep up with it, but we've lived within our means. Yeah. When I said that though, I mean this, the citizens stepped up and vote for the, the safety bonds so you can get equipment. Well. So on the bonds, for clarity on that, the bonds only buy equipment. They do not serve payroll. So the bonds are not going to payroll at right. all. And same thing with the road bond. Yes, the voters did approve a property tax increase for the public safety bond and a property tax increase for the road bond. But those dollars have to go strictly to those roads. allocations. So yeah. road bond goes to roads, public safety goes to police, fire, equipment is such right. like that. So where do you get payroll for police officers? That comes from gross receipts tax, which comes from people shopping locally. That's our biggest source of revenue in the budget. It's probably about 55% of our total overall budget that comes from gross receipts tax. And that's shopping at local businesses, supporting our local economy so that we can take that money and funnel it back into the community. So that's where the money comes from there. Now, along with doing that, Derek, we were able to increase our reserves from 7.8% reserves. And what reserves are is under state law, you have to hold a certain amount of money in reserve. The state minimum is, I think it's around 8%. Don't quote me on that. I'll okay. have to come back with a correct number. Sure, but it makes sense. So you have yeah. a, a, a little backup. And that's 8% cash or holdings against your payables or whatever your expenses are. So if your expenses are a million dollars, you've got to hold 80,000 in reserves. 
Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So for something like COVID, for instance, exactly. Yeah. So through COVID and it through other policy procedures, I felt it was prudent to take our reserves up to 15% in the beginning. And then as we hit COVID, we moved our reserves up to 25%. And you say, Greg, why do you want to do it like that? Because I remember, while I wasn't the mayor at the time, I remember what happened when we were operating on minimum reserves, Derek, and the housing market collapsed and the city had no backup funding whatsoever. So people were losing their homes. They left. So they're no longer shopping here and paying gross receipts tax. Correct. And our revenues as a city dropped off big time, big time. And that was a big problem for the city. And so what I want to do is that, look, when I'm not mayor, what I do want to leave behind is a legacy that says, hey, the city is in. And I'll say this right now. Our city is in the best financial position it's been in in its history. Now, are we are we rich? Do we have a billion dollars in the bank where we can repay every road? No, we don't have that. But we've controlled our recurring expenses and where we have extra cash, we've invested that extra cash into one-time expenditures, for example, like on the new library or on certain other things. More importantly, we've put it into road work, okay? Or we've bought one-time capital expenditures that don't require ongoing payments. So right? example, you fix high resort, you don't have to fix high resort every year, so you don't have to budget for that. Correct. Right? Correct. Exactly. And because of that, the city did increase its reserves to be better prepared for emergencies. We've got a policy reserve of 25%. And the city's budget and financial documents were recognized nationally, including having minimal audit findings. When people say, well, the city needs to be audited. Well, okay, that sounds like a fun thing to say. But by state law, the city has to be audited annually. <laughs> so, yeah. And there are rules to those audits. We have to bring out an audit company that's an independent audit company that certifies and goes through our books and looks for deficiencies or what they call findings. Yeah, And you can't even use the same one for more than what? Two or three it's, times? It's like three, three years, four yeah. years in a row, and then we have to cycle them out. So, yeah. So they are want to make sure that there's no funny business. Right. Going on. Well, and that you don't build a long-term relationship right. with a single audit company and right. they're just kind of working for you, right? Exactly. Right. Well, that, that was smart of the state to do it that exactly. way. Exactly. And look, a clear demonstration of the city's improved financial position is the city's independently determined bond ratings, which assesses an organization's financial well-being and policies. And I'm proud to say that Rio Rancho's bond ratings have been up graded. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. That means we're going to pay less in, in fees to go out and finance the things that we do finance. And so that's really good. And thanks to voter support. And once again, this comes down to smart fiscal policies, Derek, a new permanent fund for the city was established with a one-time investment that will grow over time. And this growth fund will provide reoccurring resources to fund public services with no corresponding tax or fee increase. And today that initial deposit of $10 million has now grown. It's getting pretty close to 12 million. So it's grown a little bit. Just sitting there. It's growing a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so I'm just going to tell you, it's been an honor and a privilege to serve as mayor for the last decade. And I truly believe Rio Rancho is moving in the right direction. And while there will always be issues to address, I believe that we have made 
tremendous strides to put into place policies that will keep Rio Rancho on the right track for a long time into the future. We've been nationally recognized, Derek, as a top city to live in several times, most recently top 100 by livability.com, top 25 by livability.com as the top 25 cities in the Southwest. And I'm just really proud of the things that we've been able to accomplish. So not only did you get a state of the city today, you got a decade in review. So, and look, I just touched on the high point. As you know, I could go on and on and on about the way the city has just just we have just really pushed it forward leaps and bounds. We've seen tremendous growth. And right now the city's on track. And I will tell you, we're not only nationally recognized. I talk to other leaders around the state that, that ask me constantly, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Because they want to do the same things. They want to be successful and they want to see their cities. They want to see their communities thrive and grow. And it's great to be a leader and an example and kind of a bright and shining light in the state of New Mexico. So Derek, that's a lot. And I appreciate everybody sticking in. I'll remind you, if you didn't get the whole show, this is going up on the podcast later today, if not tomorrow. And I just want to tell everybody once again, thank you so much. I so appreciate you allowing me to be your mayor. And it's been an honor to serve this community for a decade a decade, 10 years, Derek. And I've had a lot of fun doing it. And uh, I just want everybody to know how much I appreciate the citizens of our community and, and all the things that they do to help me achieve these goals. Our city staff, our police, our fire, they all deserve our greatest thanks, our public works, our parks and rec director. And once again, I get in trouble every time I start naming off departments, but just think of anybody and everybody that works in the city that provides services to our citizens. This is something that I I just so much appreciate each and every one of them because we couldn't have done it without them. And we'll have more updates on what's going on in the city over the next few weeks. We've got a lot to talk about. We do have a bond election coming up. We'll talk more about that next week. But other than that, Derek, thanks for indulging me. Go out, listen to this on the podcast if you didn't hear it. Go out and make it a great day and God bless.